It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Losing to Dallas, the winning three straight, defense holding teams under 40% shooting on 100 points. What's changed these last three games? Uh, I would say uh, intensity change. Uh, intensity, we definitely locked in more defensively. Uh, we really uh, took this personally. You know, we have teams like Phoenix and Dallas coming here and punking us in front of our own crowd. You know, it's not nice. It's definitely not nice. We all get a uh, a lot of fire for that, and uh, you know we are we are a better team than than we show in those two games. That's why we came to the gym, uh, we work hard, we compete against each other, we almost killed each other in the practice, and then uh, you know that's that, that's that's just how it is. You got to realize that that's what you're doing in the practice. You got to deliver this next day to the game, and uh, you know everything starts for it from John and Brad. You know these two have been much better defensively, and uh, all of a sudden the whole team is playing much better defense because everybody's following following up the leaders. You know that's just how it is in this game. All right, that is Wizards big man Marching Cortad explaining how the Wizards, who a week ago got spanked by the one-win Dallas Mavericks, have since won three in a row, spanking three teams that aren't very good. But they won. They didn't. They didn't lose to those bad teams as they had earlier. And the Wizards uh, get a win. They get some good stuff out of it. Some good defense these last three games. Uh, just generally things look a little bit smoother here. And we're going to talk about all of it on the Lockdown Wizards podcast. Ben Standing here. Todd Dybus in here because I basically made him show up. Um, I, that's pretty... I didn't know there was going to be so much spanking going on at the uh, opening of the podcast. Hey, man. This is, uh, you know, be careful what we say here. This is, uh, you know, they're just kids listening. This is a family program, <clears throat> except when I curse. But yes, uh, all right. We're gonna we'll talk about the win. We'll talk about some John Wall three point shooting. He apparently is the uh, king of Sacramento from distance, and we'll talk about the improved play of Mike Scott here. All that in just a second. You can find a podcast on iTunes, interest with your podcasting, Twitter at Ben Standig or at Todd underscore Dibus. Um, the win's important. John John Wall's three-point shooting in Sacramento is weird. But let's just start with Mike Scott because I don't think we've gotten to him too much this year other than when we mentioned that the bench isn't, hasn't been very good. And we can tie it in with the bench that it's been better now two games in a row. They've come in um, in the second half with with good leads, kept them, kept the other team 
at bay, as it were. Mike Scott had 15 points, shot six of eight from the field. He's had double digits and now six of his last nine, I, I, I want to say. And he's starting to give the Wizards, I don't know if it's Mark Heath light, but he's starting to at least give them a little bit of that similar uh, play at the, at the, at the backup four. Maybe he's not, he's not the same kind of defender, but he's giving you, you know, he can make a three. He made three or four from deep. Um, he's big enough to defend some threes or some fours in the second unit quick enough to defend some threes. And he's giving them a, a, another presence there. So when Scott Brooks went all bench today with what he did and Uber had a pretty good first half as well, the wizards don't look so bad when they go to the all bench. Um, but I mean that in a good way. Mike Scott has played well the last few games. Yeah, it, we'll start this with the opponent caveat, and then yeah, okay. Now we'll move beyond that. Yes, he he has. This is kind of the the, the versatility that we saw when he was played well in Atlanta. Um, when I initially saw him play there, I thought this guy is going to be a more than serviceable NBA player for a while. And then of course he had a, a variety of on the court and off the court problems. Um, but he seems to have found his flow here as we move into the middle of November. Wall called him their best scorer off the bench. Um, I don't know that there's really an argument there. I don't know that there is a real effective score outside of him. Um, straight up, like someone you would give the ball to and is able to score on their guy type of score. And I think at least like offensively, if like, again, you know, he, whether because of injury, not injury, but like a sub situation, if he's in there instead of Marquis for the four, mm-hmm. I think he can still give you that stretch four situation. Sure. I mean, he, I mean, that was like you said, that's what he did in Atlanta the year that the Hawks were the one seed in the East. Um, when we're starting to see some of that there, look, the, the, the second unit, it remains a, a work in progress. Jan Mahimi continues to pick up fouls at a very rapid pace. He had four and 13 minutes tonight, better than the fouling out in 14 the other night, but still not, uh, not, not, not super hot. He, uh, he had nine boards in those, oh, in that 1325, which you, is also, which is pretty effective. Oh, you know what? Uh, yeah, let me, uh, let me pull back on the, uh, hammering there. Yeah, <laughs> not, but the Wizards had a 50 to 34 rebounding advantage earlier when I saw that number. I thought, oh, that's weird. They, I don't see the starters have any. And then I did look further down the box score. <laughs> To see Mahimi. So, okay. So, and then look, at the end of the day, Mahimi rebounding and defense. He does that. Everybody's a happy camper. So, let me back off the, that, that knock. In any event, um, you know, again, like you said, the opponent, n- noting the opponent is key. Sacramento is three and 10. The, the Atlanta was basically the same. The Lakers, not much better. So, uh, you know, you take it all with a grain of salt, but they had just lost to those teams. Right. Um, I, I still maintain, I will maintain that they should keep a starter on the court simply as an anchor that, you know, none of these guys off the bench can do their own, uh, create their own shot, all that kind of stuff. But, you know, uh, bottom line is it's good to see Mike Scott do that. If Mike Scott and Kelly Oubre can be consistent threats off the bench in whatever it is that they're doing, it definitely can change how Scott Brooks uses the starters. Um, you know, you don't have to play Otto and, and Marquise a thousand minutes. All that kind of stuff. So, or, or Brad and John. John got a big break the last two games because of this, too. Absolutely. So good signs overall that from there. Again, no Jason Smith. I had to console Todd at different points in the game over that. Where I did hear some people in the crowd chanting, we want Jason uh, <laughs> late in the game. It is a little strange at this point. I, I, I will say this because we had somebody ask us this in, from the crowd during the game. Why isn't he playing? 
look, there is, you know, when you, when, start of the season, they basically had 12 players and you only typically are playing 10. The, Jason Smith and Sadoransky are basically the odd two out right now. Yep. Sadoransky is a little more obvious, uh, because he's been fine, but you know, I can't say he's definitively better than, than Meeks or, or Frazier by any stretch. Jason Smith does give you some stuff, some energy. I honestly think it's simply because Scott Brooks recognizes that Jason Smith will be ready when he needs him, even if he sits 10 games in a row. And I don't know if that can be the case made for everybody. Right. No, yeah, I would agree. That's how I explained it to other people who had asked me that as well. Um, 100% agree. You know, The guy who is the team uh, player rep for the union, he's usually a guy that you can do that to, right? He's he's not the guy who's going to throw a fit what? because he's not playing, Even especially when he came here and knows that he's a rotational back end of the rotational player, even when he was signed, um, that's your starting point. So that's the guy you can do that to while you give some run to someone else who might complain and be a pain in your butt for no real reason uh, during a blowout. And it's funny you say that because the guy he replaces, the player rep, Garrett Temple, now on the Kings, had a similar situation. I mean, he was always ready to go. He had a good attitude. He often did play, but... If he went, if there was a stretch for whatever the reason, particularly under Whitman, where, well, I guess only under Whitman, where, uh, <laughs> where, where, you know, they, they, he had to go some other guys, he, I don't think hesitated to sit Garrett Temple, recognizing that. Um, speaking of Garrett Temple, uh, actually, before we get to Garrett Temple and how John Wall schooled him and every other Kings guard tonight, a quick break here for a word from our sponsor. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, so uh, I mentioned Garrett Temple. No offense to him, but John Wall had his way against Temple, De'Aaron Fox, George Hill, any other guard the Kings try to put on him. It is a bizarro stat. Pre-game, I noticed that the Wizards, Todd's looking at me because I didn't close the tweet deck and you guys are hearing that. I mean, you know, this isn't exactly totally professional over here. Um, alright, so, uh, um, so John Wall, if you haven't heard, he's not been shooting well from three this year. About 26%. He, however, in the one, his best game of the year, he was five of six at Sacramento. Other than that, he was, I believe, five of 32. Then tonight he goes out and hits four, hit goes four for four against Sacramento. Uh, inexplicable to say the least. Uh, Gary Temple had a quote after the game. Basically, he said he asked one of the assistant coaches, like, this guy's <laughs> been shooting like 9% from three recently. How is this possible? Uh, and I, I suspect it is largely just that. It is a random event in time. Can't, you can't predict baseball, Ben. <laughs> you cannot. You cannot predict baseball. Uh, John Wall had 21 points, nine assists, eight of nine from the field overall. Four for four from three. Hopefully this does not have John Wall thinking he should be taking a bunch of threes. He needs to stick with the plan. 
for all you Survivor fans out there, that's a good quote. Uh, stick to the plan and, uh, you know, keep doing his thing. And, and you know, what he said post game was that, you know, they are what's, what's trans, what's transpired uh, over the last three games is they are not worrying about who's getting the shots, who's scoring the most points, and that's not letting it affect them on defense. Uh, I haven't really been tracking the stat that I kept a, a ton last year about the field goal attempts for Wall and Beal relative to the team. Granted, they didn't play a huge minutes tonight, but they took 20 combined, and the Wizards took 85. Um, maybe that can't, that can't, you know, they're not going to take 20, but the better the ball spread around, it just seems like it is a better deal for the Wizards. What's, yeah, we saw a couple things tonight where it, it, it looked like last year, um, it, one in particular was when uh, Gortat had an angle and had kind of pushed this guy out, but instead of giving it to him, Wall gave it to Markeith Morris, who then gave it to Gortat, and they had that little, you know, kind of ping, ping, ping in a triangle for a layup. Um, there was another pass to the corner, too, that looked like last year. Kind of that continuity that the starting five had when, uh, you know, basically all those guys were around double figures almost every night. Um, obviously, Wall and Beal would be, and, and Porter started shooting more. Um, but also Gortat and Markeith Morris were, you know, in the 10, 12, 14, 16 range on a nightly basis. Uh, we saw some hints of that tonight, again, against the Kings. But they, the Wizards still have to get themselves right and, and, and do those things. And a, a good proving ground or starting place for those is against these teams that they should be beating. You should get find that rhythm so you can take it. Uh, and use it, especially when the schedule gets harder, which is about to do here in the next four or five games. Yeah, you, you mentioned the, the the shooting. I said Wall eight for nine, Otto seven for twelve, Gortat seven for eleven, Beal five for eleven, Marquise will skip him. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and on then off the bench is Scott six for eight, Ubre five of uh, ten. So yeah, look, I mean, look, uh, we'll, we'll we'll be honest. Todd and I aren't terribly enthused about. This podcast or the last one largely because the games were what they were. They, they, the Wizards did what they're supposed to do against a crappy team. I say we're enthused. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, good. This is what they're supposed to do. They're back on track. There's nothing great. There's nothing great to talk about. There's nothing horrible to talk about. It just existed. We knew they should win. They did. Great for them. They're back on track. That's me knocking on wood. Uh, and then we'll see. They got Miami on, uh, Wednesday in a, in a, uh, Home and home. They are not practicing tomorrow. So for all you out there who are hoping to come to practice and get quotes, well, that's kind of presumptuous of you because you're not in the media. But uh, in any event, that's not going to happen. Uh, can, we, can we talk about the most important part of the night, though? Of most course. interesting part of the night? Okay. So we sit behind the Wizards bench a, a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then between us and the Wizards bench, they have a uh, stationary bike. Last year, Otto would go there a ton to, to, to work on his, his hip, keep his hip loose. Markeith has been the guy this year because he's still coming off the hurting surgery. He, he only played 20 minutes tonight because the game was sort of a blowout. Scott Brooks had said he wanted to get him up to 26-28. So in between quarters when he's not playing, Markeith goes over to the bike to stay loose, get get some get some uh, you know, keep, get some movement going. And what we noticed tonight was it's the bike is stay, is seated right next to the stands, and we saw that like somebody came over and like had a basketball and got an autograph it. And then another person who was like sitting over there just starts like talking to him. And then like three other people came by to, uh, 
to, to, to do that. I told Marquise after the game he needs to maybe talk to his agent, put up up the booth right there, and like start charging people. <laughs> he needs a sponsorship for while he's on the stationary bike. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoyed that. I like that. I like that gimmick. It, I it was happening on Saturday uh, too when he was over there. That someone spotted him and uh, sent their kid over with a t-shirt and a, and a marker and. Um, for all his gruffness, if you send a kid over, he's a, he's a major sucker for that. That's actually last year saw him hug a kid once. This really time, this small kid who couldn't have been more than like four years old. So he had to bend way down, obviously, to hug this kid and then walks off and he's all happy about it. And I told him that he was going to ruin his reputation if people keep seeing him hug kids in public. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's a good way in if you need a if you want an autograph from him, send the kid, um, and you're probably pretty uh, assured of getting one. And now you have him trapped because he's got to be on that stationary bike yeah. and just reach up. And don't make it too obvious. We don't want to ruin it for everybody, particularly it's, us. We enjoy the, wa- the 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 watching of it. One, one one last thing, as I clearly don't care about talking about the game anymore. Uh, Vince Carter didn't play. He's missed his third straight game with a kidney stone. Both Chase, uh, Todd and, uh, Chase Hughes both claim that, of course, he's old. That's who gets kidney stones. Now, as you all recall, I <laughs> suffered through kidney stones during the playoffs last year. And you're old. That's yeah, exactly right. I, I am. But when I looked it up, on, when I looked it up online, according to Wikipedia, which is never wrong, the age of the people, of men most likely to get uh, kidney stones 20 to 30. Not old. Would you, would you, would you, would you, would you like to attract your, uh, your your ageism there? I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with the idea that Vince Carter could well be the first NBA player in history to be on the inactive list, and then in parentheses next to his name it says kidney stone. doesn't say knee, doesn't say elbow, doesn't say back. It says kidney stone, and he's out tonight. R.I.P. Vince Hannity. That's all I have to say about that. I, I would, I mean, you know, I'd like to point out mine came during halftime of that was a game two against the Hawks. I sucked it up through the rest of the game, was doubling over while I was writing my recap and doing the podcast, drove myself to the hospital. I sucked it up. I'm sure Vince Carter must be in real dire pain if he's missed three games in a row. I'm sure he is with that Sacramento team. <laughs> they're, they're, right. Their playoff hopes are on the line here. If right. he, if he needs to pass that stone so he can get back in there. And, he's not going full Martellus Bennett where he's claiming he needs to have a season-ending surgery for a team that's out of it. But he's like, well, I'm kind of bummed. It could have been the last time we see Vince Carter play. I mean, at his age. That's true. And in a quick aside, is this the weirdest roster in the league, Sacramento? I, I, I couldn't stand what they did during the offseason. Like, I get the kid thing, and I sort of understand, like, having some veterans around. But, like, they add George Hill and Zach Randolph when you already had Garrett Temple. Oh, they also added Vince Carter. I mean, pick one of the three. George Hill, Vince Carter, Zach Randolph. Because at one point in the second quarter... The, the the Wizards brought their starters yeah, back. Yeah, rotated all their starters And the Kings in. had, like, all their kids on the court. And yeah. this happened in the first time they met when the Wizards killed them. And uh, the, their coach, Dave Yeager, who, by the way, had dinner in the media room tonight. Another weird, random thing that happened. That's pretty rare. Anyway, he said, basically, look, they got to go through lessons. Which I get. But to your point about the roster, it feels like, okay, great. If you're going to go through the lessons... Why maybe you don't go, these guys? Yeah, maybe you don't go full Philly and, and, and the process and that tank that hard. But why... I mean, maybe part of Vlade's master plan here is that when the trade deadline comes around, you're going to pocket a couple assets for somebody, for at least two guys. At least, I would say at least one, ideally two, right? 
I can think of a team that could use a uh, big interior guy that can score on the low block. <laughs> like, uh, I can think of an. I, how I, long is George Hill's contract? I think he signed a pretty hefty contract. Yeah, I think he did too. Uh, I, I, I just I don't remember exactly what, where we are with the Zach and the Vince, but uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, who knows? Uh, but yeah, Vlade Divac. Spotrack's going to tell us here. Vlade Divac also back in the building. He also back in DC for the first time since I saw him outside of David Falk's office trying to steal out a porter away. <laughs> uh, three years, fifty-seven million. This is the first year of uh, three years, fifty-seven million. But he only has he only has a one million guarantee for the third year, so basically it's a two year deal. Well, we will see what happens if they make a deal. He's making twenty million dollars this year. Who? George Hill. That's uh, nineteen next year. And then people think Kirk Cousins is overpaid. Whew, boy, people think Otto Porter is overpaid. Yeah, that too. Um, all right, let's end it there before we start breaking down what uh, the fact that they had no ice cream tonight. At halftime, because then Terrible. I don't want Todd to be more upset. It was even warm in here for once, and then there's no ice cream. Maybe that's why they didn't want the ice cream to melt. Disaster. All right. Uh, we're going off the rails. Thank you guys for listening. Again, Wizards back in action. It, it is Wednesday, right? Wednesday in Miami, yeah, Friday okay. here. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, presumably we'll have another podcast. Uh, after that game, and who knows, you know, there'll be other ones. Uh, ben Standick, Todd Dibas signing off. See ya. Deal gets open for three. Dagger! Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.